Welcome to A Legacy of Preaching with Dr. Bill Burr. For one to have a legacy of faithful preaching, they must love God, love God's truth, and love to preach His truth. Dr. Bill Burr excelled in all of these areas, and he has certainly left us all a legacy of faithful preaching. Now, let's all tune in for this great message from God's Word with Dr. Bill Burr. I'll tell you what, I appreciate Brother Frank. I appreciate his stand for the Lord. I appreciate the fact that he's saved and the good testimony that he has for the Lord Jesus. I heard Dr. Tom Malone uh, saying one time that he had a man in his church and said this man had been in his church for Oh, a number of years, and said that uh, he would uh, had a way of walking uh, during the invitation, and he'd just go to someone. Said he'd seen him him do it many, many times where others had failed. You know, I've seen a lot of folk go to someone, put their hand on theirs or around their shoulder, and and not be able to get them to respond. But Doctor Tom Malone said almost without exception, said this man would go to someone there in the city of Pontiac. Uh, when they'd come to church, and he'd just walk down, put his hand on theirs, and they'd come to the front of the church and get saved. And said one day he went to his business, and uh, he said, Sir, said, I've watched you now for a number of years in our church. Said, I just appreciate you so much. And he said, I wanted to come by and tell you that. And he said, I've often wondered just exactly what method of soul winning that you use. He said, what do you tell these people, when you go to them. And he said, big tears began to roll down his face. And he said, Pastor, he said, you don't know this. He said, but before you came to Pontiac, he said, I was uh, one of the biggest drunks that this city had ever known. And he said, Jesus saved my soul. And he said, all I do now is just tell people what Jesus has done for me. Isn't that wonderful? You know that old maniac from Gadara? Jesus said, just go and tell what the Lord has done for you. And I believe that's so winning. I mean, just to go out and tell how good the Lord has been to you and what a blessing he's been. All right, in Psalm 23, if you'd stand please and let's read it together one more time. I heard, uh, I talked to Brother Lewis Batchelor today and he said, what are you going to preach on? I said, I'm going to preach on the platform. He said, no. He said, I mean, what's the subject of your message? And I said, well, I said, I'm going to preach uh, um, the 23rd Psalm again tonight. He said, boy, said, you've been on that for some time. I said, yeah. I said, but you know, it's good. I've enjoyed it. I really have. It's been a blessing to me, and I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about the shepherd and about the sheep, and uh, I just appreciate this psalm and how how much it means to me. I know this. This is for people who live day by day. Amen. You always hear this at uh, somebody's funeral, but this is not a funeral psalm. This is uh, this tells us about the shepherd, how he leads us day by day, and how he takes care of us and supplies every need that we have. Let's read it, please. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our Father, Lord, we pray tonight that you might come and meet with us. We realize tonight, dear Lord, that, <clears throat> that without you we can do nothing. We realize, dear Lord, tonight that unless you meet with us, it will go home the very same way that we came. And Lord, this is not our desire. We came tonight expecting you to bless and expecting, dear Lord, to receive a blessing from on high. And we pray that it might be so. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Now we've spent, I think, about seven messages on the the nature or, or rather the spirit of, of the shepherd and the relationship of the shepherd to the sheep. And now we're going to begin talking about the sheep tonight. Now, I want you to understand that I'm a sheep just like you're a sheep tonight. I mean, I'm just as saved as anybody in this room, bless your heart. I, I love the Lord and I'm one of his children. Now, he has placed me in the position, Brother Bobby, of pastor uh, of this flock here, and he's given me that responsibility, and I thank the Lord for it. I really do, and I, I just stand amazed that God uh, would use someone like me in this position, and even while I'm amazed, I know that many of you are amazed also that he could do this, but it's true nonetheless, but I want you to know that I am a sheep. Now, I think as we consider the sheep tonight, I think we need to know something about the nature and the, the spirit of a sheep. Now, uh, sheep are, are a peculiar animal. We've already said this. They, they have distinctive habits and distinctive traits. And uh, it, it amazes me, but God likens his children to sheep and uh, I mean, this is not something new. The Bible says in Psalm 100 and verse 3, we are his people, and notice what it says, and the sheep of his pasture. Now, I've gone to all this trouble to tell you that I'm a sheep just like you are because I'll say some things tonight that uh, to the nature of a man, they might be offensive to some people, you know. For instance, the very first thing that we're going to talk about, and we've mentioned it before, but a sheep, is is a dumb animal. I mean, it's just a dumb animal. Now, I love to go to the circus. I love to be uh, be to go to the circus and watch the the animals. I love to be around the elephants. I love to be around the the monkeys. I just laugh when I see monkeys. Every every time I see monkeys, I think about Billy. You know, no, I'm just kidding. But I I enjoy monkeys. I enjoy all the trained uh, animals. I remember going. Uh, uh, to marine land recently and seeing the porpoise and the big killer whales and how they performed and all. You can train them. I've never seen, now I may be wrong, but I've never seen one. Have you ever seen a sheep in a circus? I never have. I never have. Now you, you can train a hog. Did you know that? Tell me well, a hog is a very, very intelligent animal but I'm telling you tonight that, that sheep are just dumb. They, they, don't, know, they don't know much. Now, one thing they do know, they must depend on the wisdom of the shepherd. They have no wisdom of their own. 
You have no wisdom. I have no wisdom. I can tell you tonight that we, as a church, as a pastor, we would utterly fail here. We all make wrong decisions, and in our own selves, we would fail at Emmanuel Baptist Church if it were not for the shepherd. Now, it's a strange saying, but you know, God says he doesn't call many wise people. You, you read that. I mean, it's in the book. You say, preacher, I don't believe it. Look over in 1 Corinthians, if you will. The book of 1 Corinthians, and uh, let me see if I can find it for you now. I told you to turn there. And uh, I believe it's in chapter 1. Yes, verse number 26. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, and not many mighty, and not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Now, if you're the valedictorian of your class as far as serving God, it looks like from this right here you've got two strikes against you already. I mean, if you're the, if you're the captain of the football team, I mean, listen, you, uh, you, you just about struck out as far as God is concerned because God uses abased things. God uses those things that as far as the world is concerned, uh, they don't have much learning. And uh, I thank God tonight that he likens me to a sheep, just an old dumb animal, and God can use us in a mighty way to perform his services for him. So we'd have to say a sheep is a dumb animal. And then secondly, they're, they're a defenseless animal. They, they cannot protect themselves. Now, I don't know why. Maybe it's because of, of the, uh, the way that their body is made up, but they grow that old long wool, and it... It hangs down over their ears, hangs down over their eyes. They can't see very well. But even if they could see the enemy as it's approaching and trying to do them bodily harm, uh, there's, there's just not much way for them to protect themselves. They're not even swift. I mean, they can't run very quick even to get out of the way of some wild animal or some uh, person that's going to come by and harm them. And uh, if uh, even if they can run, they tell me that after a little while, uh, they'll just lay down. I mean, they'll, get, they'll, they'll just tire out very quickly, and they'll just lay down, cover their little head up, and just let those wild animals or robbers or whatever it is, if somebody wants to kill them, uh, they just die. They don't, they, don't have any, they don't have any fangs. They don't have any claws. Uh, they don't have any antlers on them to protect themselves at all. And um, they, they, just, they just, in conflict, they usually just depend entirely on the shepherd to protect them. Now, you ever notice how much like sheep we are when it comes to this? Listen to what the Bible has to say. Uh, Paul tells us, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Now, it, we don't depend on ourselves. We depend on God. We're just like a, 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 pure, a, a, a poor little sheep out here somewhere, Brother Gary. We're defenseless. I, I, we can't fight our battles. Uh, we can't defend ourselves. We must go to God and ask Him, and then He protects us. 
He moves on the scene and he fights our battles for us. I think this is somewhat of what Paul was saying. Paul put it this way. He said that when he was strong, that is when he depended on his own power, he said, then am I weak? But he said, when I'm weak, that is when I, when I depend on the power of the Lord, he said, then I am strong. So we see not only are they dumb, but they're also, they're just defenseless. They, they can't take care of themselves. And then thirdly, they have no, no sense of direction. No sense of direction whatsoever. They just, they start eating and uh, they, they just nibble along on that grass and they wander around. They get off by themselves and, and uh, they get to enjoying food so much. You know, I got a lot in common with them there. I really do. When I get, when I get into something that I really enjoy, I forget anybody else is around just about. I, I made some barbecue out here the other day on this, trying to try out this barbecue contraption out here. And it works. It works. I mean, listen, I went up to Kroger store and bought me two great big roasts, came back, fired that thing up. Brother Buck and I sat out there and we barbecued that. Now, I like food. And when I get engrossed in it, I just don't know there's anybody else around. Now, that's the way it is with sheep. And uh, they just wander off, and after a little while, they, they look up. They don't see the shepherd. They didn't mean to get lost. It's just a simple fact that they don't have any sense of direction. Now, the Bible says that we're just like those sheep. You might want to mark this down. In Hosea chapter 11 and verse 7, it says, And my people are bent to backsliding from me. How often have I prayed, and how often have I said before a congregation of people, I've made this statement, I've said we are prone to desire things that are against thy will. And we're prone to do those things that are displeasing to the Lord. And we're prone to drift away from him and to backslide and get far away from God. Paul said it like this. He said, when I would do good, evil is present with me. Now they stray simply because of heedlessness. They, they don't listen to the shepherd. The shepherd says, now you stay here. How many times? You think about this. How many times has the pastor warned this congregation right here about things of the world? I mean, if there's one thing I have done for the past six years, I have stood before this congregation and I've said to people here, now you be careful where you go and what you do. How often have you heard me pray and I've said, dear God, don't let us go anywhere, do anything, say anything, or be with any people that will bring shame and reproach upon the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I've warned you and warned you and I've warned the congregation on Sunday. I've said, listen, don't, don't bring those filthy magazines into your home. I've warned people and I've said, listen, don't you sign up and get HBO and Cinemax and Showtime and all of these things and have them coming into your homes. I've warned people about uh, places that they go and things that they do. And I'll guarantee you that folks say, well, it won't affect me. It won't affect me. I imagine some little sheep grazing around out here somewhere, and the shepherd, he just talk, he talks to them. You know, you say, well, they don't understand it. Well, how many of you have a dog or a cat that you ever talked to a little bit? Huh? Someone, come on, be honest now. I'm sure you do. And I, 
Ms. McClung didn't raise her hand, but she had one, and I knew she carried on conversation. Don't you, brother? Ah, that's right. And they, they talked to these animals, and I, I know that little that shepherd came by and pat that little sheep, and he'd say, now, now, don't you go over here. Now, there's some old rise over there. And there's, uh, listen, there's some old onions over there. And then things that you don't want to eat, it'll give you a stomachache. You stay out of that. And he gets to eating and grazing, and he didn't intend to do it, but uh, he just keeps going further and further and further in gross. Heedless just gets away. Do you know that's the way we are? We are prone to backslide against God and away from God, and we're prone to do that. And I want you to know this. You don't get into deep sin overnight. You don't backslide overnight. I mean, it's a... It's a slow process that you go through with. Nobody wakes up some morning as a child of God and say, well, this is the day. I mean, what's the day of the month? August of what? Uh, eighth? Is that right? Seventh? Uh, somebody wakes up this morning and says, well, this is it. August the seventh. I, I'm going to backslide today and I'm not going to serve God anymore. Nobody does that. I mean, they just heedlessly uh, begin to wander and get away from the shepherd. They, they have no sense of direction whatsoever. Now, this, I'm talking about you tonight. I, I'm not talking about your neighbor. I'm talking about me tonight. I'm not talking about the pastor of the First Baptist Church or the pastor at Prosperity or the pastor out at Victory Baptist or the pastor at Hilltop. I'm telling you tonight, this pastor right here, as a sheep, I'm prone to go against God in the flesh, and I'm prone to wander, and I'm prone to backslide on God, and I'm saying we'd better keep up close to the shepherd and keep in fellowship with him. Amen? So they have no sense of direction. Then I want you to know this. They're, they're easily disturbed. Sheep are easily disturbed. Now, I thought about this, and, and I'm not saying this in a wrong way. I want you to understand this, Brother Frank and Miss Quesada and Miss Palmer, but I think it's a good illustration. I'm going to use it. I remember when your church building burned, and I remember that uh, uh, I was advising Brother Bill, your pastor back then, I advised him to, to keep his flock together. I mean, keep them right around him. And somehow another, they, they just begin to, uh, they, I guess you get fearful. They're, they're fearful. And a lot of them are, are frightened. And, and, and when this happened, there, some things entered into it. Now I know for a fact that this man sitting right back here, Brother Frank and his wife and Mrs. Quesada, they love Brother Bill. They loved him, and uh, they followed him, followed whatever he said that he wanted them to do. But uh, uh, during this time, the church burned down, and, and the sheep were, were disturbed some, and some went over here, some went over here, and some went over here. Listen, this building here is not what's holding us together. I mean that. Uh, this is a nice building. I thank God for it. I, I thank God for the uh, the space that we have around us. Wouldn't you like to see this parking lot? How many of you would like to see this parking lot paved out here? Wouldn't that be wonderful? How many? Just put your hands back there. How many of you ladies tonight have some high heel uh, shoes or shoes that have heels on them, and you've just about ruined them out here walking in these rocks? All right, I thought so. Now we're gonna 
uh, assess everybody in here $500 and pay the... No, I'm just kidding you. I, I'd love to see it paid. I really would. But I checked on it the other day, and Brother Frank Metter, he told me, said, I believe you can get it done for four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000. I said, Brother Frank, I don't believe you can. And I figured it up. You know how many feet's out here in this parking lot? Over 21,000 feet. 21,000 feet that have to be asphalt put on them. And they tell me that it costs about a dollar a foot. Now, you can figure that any way you want to. That's around $20,000 to get it paid. Now, that's a lot of money. But wouldn't it look nice? Wouldn't it look nice? Now, I don't even know what I got talking about, but I, I love this building. Oh, I love the property and all of this. But th this is not what holds us together. No. Holding us together is the shepherd. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we could meet out here under a tree somewhere. We could go out somewhere as long as we stuck together and we kept our body together while we could meet in somebody's home. They did it in the New Testament and they went from place to place. They didn't have any buildings like we have right now. But I'm saying when sheep become frightened and when something moves in among them to disturb them, uh, they, they, they go hither and yon. Do you know it's the easiest thing in the world to get a church in an uproar? Did you know that? I'm telling you, you don't realize. Man, we've been six years here, six years in this place. And sometimes uh, Ms. Burr was riding down the road the other day, and she said, does your heart ever flutter? I said, only when I sit next to you, you know, it flutters sometimes. But, but her heart flutters sometimes. And sometimes it almost, I guess that's the closest thing I get to it. It almost makes my heart quiver, flutter a little bit. Uh, fear grips my soul sometimes to think that we've been here six years, Lee, meeting in this place, and we haven't had a spat. I mean, we, we haven't. Sometimes I question whether we're really Baptist people or not. I, I, I really do. I get worried about it. Do you know we haven't had one knock-down, drag-em-out fight in six years? Now, I'm telling you, the easiest thing in the world in most churches is to just get it in an uproar. And do you know when it happened? When it happens, you go back, and you can't remember what caused it. That's right. That, that's the smallest, most insignificant little things in the world. Ms. Burr, if it's going to shoot me tonight, I mean honestly, if it's going to shoot me before sunup in the morning, well, if it give me that long, I believe I could find out. But I, I, I couldn't tell you right now what the problem was at, uh, at uh, Liberty and uh, Grace. In the, you could, couldn't you? But I, I can't. It's gone out of my memory. I don't even know what caused it all down there. I heard about one preacher went to a church. Church had been closed down, almost shut up for uh, several years. He went down there and said, well, he's going to open it back up by the grace of God. Get to preaching. And so they got a little crowd down there and they worked on the building, got it straightened out and spiffed it up a little bit, having services. And one day he was out and uh, one of the fellows told him, said, hey, preacher, said, uh, that man lives down there in the house. Said, he used to come to our church. Said, you want to visit him? He said, yeah, let's go down there. So on the way down there, he told him, he said, uh, said they got mad and said they left because, said the church split up, preacher, because we couldn't decide where to put the piano. That's right. I mean, there's one group that wanted it on one side, one group wanted it on the other, another wanted it at this angle over here, and that fellow in that house down there, preacher, he got mad, walked out, and took all of his family and his kinfolk, and they just left. So that's been several years ago now. He went down to meet the man, talked to him for a little while, and he said, sir, said, we'd like to have you come back. 
and said, um, uh, would you come back and visit and be with us? And he said, no, said, we left that church. Said, we got, said something happened up there some time ago. And he said, uh, we just left. Fellow said, uh, preacher said, well, what happened? He said, uh, said, I don't know. Said, uh, I believe it had to do something with the, said, yeah. Said, it had to do with the piano. Said, we couldn't decide where we wanted the piano. And the man said, well, said, we've got the same people up, the same church up there. And said, we've even got the same piano that you had. Said, would you tell me where you wanted the piano? And the man hollered into his wife and said, hey, sir. Said, where was it we wanted that piano in that church anyway? I mean, it didn't mean anything to them. I'm just saying, listen, the, the smallest little thing can uh, just disturb people and get them all uh, shook up. And they, they'll leave at the drop of a hat. All right, then remember this, they're very weak. They're, they're very, very weak. They, they can't take much pressure. Now they tell me in the hot, hot of the heat of the day, when they're moving from one pasture to another, if it's a great distance, the sheep get tired along the way and they'll just, he'll take time, let them lay down and rest somewhere in the heat of the day. How many times? Have I seen the children of God just get tired of serving God? Just get tired of it and just want to sit on the sidelines. Some of you out there tonight, I mean sitting here, you're, you're faithful, you come to church, but really your heart is not in it like it used to be. You're not as excitable as you once were. You're, you're not really in the thick of the battle as you once were. You're almost like the sheep. You just get a little bit tired and, and you want to sit down and rest. Listen, this is no time to rest. I mean, this is a wicked, sinful, hellish world that we're living in. And people are dying. Multitudes of people are dying in and around Beckley and going to hell. We can't take time out to rest. I was talking to a missionary one time. I mentioned something about furlough. Boy, he got mad, and, and I got thinking about it, and he may have had a reason to get mad. I said, when are you going to take a furlough? You know, furlough means that you just, you go away, you leave the battle, leave the front, get out of the battle for a while. He said, preacher said, we may come home to visit, and we may come home to work on deputation, but I wish you wouldn't call it a furlough. I'm still in the battle right here in the United States of America. I said, amen, amen, praise the Lord. I don't want to get on the sideline. I don't want to stop serving God. I don't want to retire. I, I'm not looking forward to that day of retirement. I just want to go on and serve God. And then they have an unusual willingness uh, to serve the Lord. They're, they're willing to follow. They're willing to give up their their, their wool, uh, they're willing even to die for the shepherd. Now, a lot of difference in a sheep and a goat. How many times, oh, listen, how many times have I heard people say, and I've heard other folks say that uh, that preacher's not going to tell me what to do. Yes, God, he's not going to shove me around. I, I mean, listen, I, I was like that one time. You know, when I got saved, that when I got saved, I was smoking. I used to smoke. Now, a lot of you young people, I, I'm sorry to say that in front of you, but I used to smoke. And I'll tell you, there's not anybody loved a cigarette any more than Brother Bill. I mean, listen, I'd have walked, a, I believe I walked 10 miles for a lucky strike. 
I mean, you walk for a camel, but I, boy, I love them lucky strikes. I, I'd walk 10 miles for a lucky strike. When I, when I quit smoking, I was smoking them old Salem cigarettes. I, I just enjoyed them so much. But when I got saved, Bill Bennett was a pastor. And oh, he's one of those preachers, man, he'd take some time, he'd take a whole service preaching on tobacco. I mean, he'd skin the hides off of it about smoking tobacco. And uh, dipping snuff and chewing tobacco. I mean, he was just, he was death on, on tobacco. You know what I do? I, I used to tell pastor, preacher, you going to tell me what to do. I'd have to get him out. And he'd be standing there and I, I'd blow smoke. I didn't tell me what to do. You know what? I was acting like a goat. Now you can't go here. You know what? He'll butt you. They tell me he'll butt you. I mean, listen, he'll he'll get you. He just you're not good. You can just do all that you can. You can't hardly get him to uh, to do anything right. He's all time breaking out of the stall, all time getting out, tearing down the clothesline, and every eating up the garden and everything under the sun. But that's not the way it is with a sheep. I mean, listen, uh, sheep are just they're willing to serve. They have a great willingness to do what the the, the the shepherd tells them to do. And then, now here's a here's a good word for you. This will let you know that uh, I've been to school a little bit. They're gregarious. Now that means they like one another, and that means they like to be together. Now, they like to flunk together. They, they, they like uh, uh, to fellowship together. Now, we're a unit here at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter number... 12, please, if you will. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We are so much a unit here, and we like to be together so much. Brother uh, Lloyd, somebody turn this thing off over here. I see some of these ladies shivering a little bit here. I don't want you to get too cool. Turn up about 72 and it'll go off. But um, it's plenty cool in here tonight, isn't it? Huh? Feel all right to you? I don't want it to get too warm, but it feels good to me. Miss Bird made me cut the fan off the other night. I mean, listen, it got kind of cool here in West Virginia. But uh, we're so much a unit until God likens us to a body, to a body. Now, that means that every one of us, Brother Sanger, we're all important, every one of us. Now, if, if, you're, if you'll read with me, beginning in verse number 12, says, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I have, am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were the hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. Look up here. Every one of us is important. Now there are certain parts of the body that uh, may seemingly have a greater function than others, but we're all important. If you don't think so, you ask uh, Mike over here tonight. Mike, you think your toes and foot are important to your body tonight? 
He sure does. I'm telling you, he can't get up and skip rope tonight. You know why? Because he's got some broke bones in his foot. So I'm saying, listen, we all stick together. We come together. We have fellowship together. We're, we're one body. I love to come over here and meet with you people. I like to have fellowship with you. When the, when the McClungs are gone, boy, I hate that. I really do. When Frank and Elva were gone last week, I hated that. I mean, listen, when Miss Elliot was gone down there with Mandy, uh, I, I didn't like that. I'm glad that she's back now. And, and, and I love this family over here. We just like to sort of stick together. Now, you mark this down. Listen to me very carefully. I told you a while ago I'd warned you many times. I'm warning you about something else right now. I believe that great persecution is going to come here in this nation. It started off the ground, and we're going to get, get all of you in on this thing. But uh, we'd better learn to visit and love one another and make friends with one another because I'm telling you there's going to come a day and I don't believe it's too far away when you're going to need some real true buddies, some real true friends and I think the only place you'll find them are among the people of God. What if our church tonight was in China? Huh? Picture in your mind tonight a place where you can't assemble yourselves together like this. Picture, picture in your mind tonight a little group of people meeting somewhere out in the country. I'd hear about uh, Glade Creek or somewhere out there down in the woods. And um, they just drift in. They don't come in in automobiles. They don't come in pairs. They don't come by families. But they, they just drift in one at a time. You know, one will come and maybe... Uh, 30 minutes later, another one will come from this direction, and maybe maybe 45 minutes, an hour, another one will drift in, and after a little while, you have eight or ten that have banded together, and uh, very quietly, they begin to sing down on the riverbank, Amazing grace, how sweet. You know, they don't sing very loud. You know why? Because it's against the law. After a while, one of those uh, folk over in China, if they, uh, at a Chinese meeting where they can't have churches like we do, maybe take out a little old uh, hollowed out piece of bamboo, bamboo cane and, and pull out of the middle of it a little piece of paper and begin to read uh, something like this. This Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And they read that and they get together. You know what? Persecution's coming here and you'd better have you some friends that you can depend on, that you can trust, that you can confide in, that you can have fellowship together. Listen, this building, this doesn't make Emmanuel Baptist Church. We're Emmanuel Baptist Church. It's a people in this building tonight. So, uh, they, they just simply like to hang together. And then they're, they're an affectionate animal. I mean, listen, the shepherd loves them, and I love the shepherd. Don't you love Jesus tonight? Huh? I mean, I love the shepherd, and, and, and I think this, I'm the under-shepherd. You ought to love me tonight. And I love every person in this room tonight, and you ought to love your pastor. I mean that. You, ought to love, you say, well, you're not very lovable. You, uh, you do a lot of things I don't like. Well, that's all right. You ought to love me anyway. You ought to love me in spite of my faults. Listen, Miss Burr has to love me. That's right. I mean, she has to. I have to love her. I don't like all everything about her. 
I mean, there's a lot of things about her uh, that I'd change a little bit. I'd redo some of those things. And some of you pious men out there, you looking at me like, well, well, you'd do the same thing if you had half a chance. You know, there's some things you'd do over, but I, I still love you. ought to love your pastor. It ought to be a reciprocal love. We ought to love Jesus. He ought to love us. You ought to love me. I ought to love you. And, and not only did the sheep love the shepherd, they loved each other. They loved each other. They you ever see sheep play together? They have the best time you ever saw. We went out to the farmer's market out here when I was Billy Kelly. Oh, my. You ought to go one time with Billy Kelly, especially before he lost all that weight. I went out and had on a pair of bib coveralls, had on a plaid shirt, had on a straw hat, had on brogan shoes, and walking around looking at all those animals out there. He said, hey, Bird, come in, come in, come in. I want to show you something. I went over there, and there was some sheep and some goat in the same pen. I mean, they put them right in together. But you know what? They wouldn't have anything to do with each other. The goat were down on one end and the sheep were down on the other end. But the sheep stuck together. They love one another. Now, that's the way it ought to be with us. We ought to love each other and stick together. Then they're a clean-natured animal. Goats aren't like that. Goats are not clean. How many of you ever had a goat? Any of you ever had a goat? I think they're cute. You know, little old fellow, but I'll tell you what, they stink. They stink. You know, I don't know whether you, he ever come up this way or not, but down in North and South Carolina, they used to have a man way back in the, I believe it was in the 50s, Brother Bobby. They called him a goat man. Any of y'all ever read about him or hear about him, the goat man? He had about, I reckon, he had about 25 or 30 goats. And it had an old, old wagon cart that the goats pull. And he was a menace on the highways. I mean, they had problems with him all the time, causing wrecks and everything. He's coming down the road, all of his goats. He slept with them. I mean, listen, he'd, he'd drink that old milk, eat that old cheese, and stink. Oh, my soul. I mean, just dirty, filthy as, as could be. My mother's got a picture of me. If I can get it one of these days, I'll bring it up here and show you. I had, had a long beard hanging down on I used to think back then that probably he was a murderer or something and trying to get away from the law. I don't know what, but he, he lived with the goats and they just stunk. Well, it's not like that with sheep. They're a clean animal. And God says that we need to be clean. Amen. I mean, listen, boy, time's gone. I got to quit. Every boy and every girl in this church tonight ought to be able, now listen to me, they ought to be able to look at their pastor tonight and say, hey, I've got a good pastor. I've got a pastor that lives for God. I've got a pastor that uh, he watches where he goes, what he does, and my, I, I just have a pastor that cares about me. Every boy and girl here ought to be able to say that about their pastor. But now listen, listen, listen to me. Every boy and girl ought to be able to say that about every adult person in this church tonight. Amen. Ought to be able to say that about the deacons, about every Sunday school teacher, about the ushers here. Every person in this room ought to be clean in their living. Aren't you glad tonight you're a sheep and not a goat? Amen. I'm so glad I've been saved and washed in the precious blood of Jesus. And I love the shepherd. I love him tonight. And he loves me. 
And we care about each other here in this church. I hope we go another six years, another 12 years, 20 years if the Lord tarries his coming. In. And don't ever have that big old first spat and uh, and everybody uh, split up and get mad over which uh, side we put the piano on or whether or not we put uh, red curtains or blue curtains or whether or not we have red carpet or brown carpet or or whether we have uh, hanging light chandeliers or recessed lights. Or, you know, silly things like that. I hope God just lets us go on and on and on, just fellowshipping together and serving God together.